This is Ham College, Episode 94, for October 31st, 2022. This episode of Ham College is brought to you by ICOM. Keep your competitive contesting edge with ICOM. Good evening. Welcome to another episode of Ham College. I'm Professor Thomas. And I'm Dean Martin. And Dean Martin needs your help. He needs somebody's help. VE3MIC Photoshop at his best. So what did we talk about in the last show? Well, it's funny that you ask. Yeah. Same thing we're going to talk about in this one. Good point. Uh, Amplifiers, class of operation, vacuum tube. Installed solid-state circuits, distortion and intermodulations, spurious and parasitic. Yeah, it got cut off up here, so I had to go down to the other one. And parasitic suppression, microwave amplifiers, and switching-type amplifiers. Wow, we talked about a lot. Yeah. How many buzzers did we talk about? Um... I think we ended up talking about four when that show was done. Four in total. And we only went through half of these questions, so if that's any indication for you. These are a little little tough here the last couple of months. Yeah. In figure E7-1, what is the purpose of R1 and R2? A, load resistors. B, voltage divider bias. C, self-bias. Or D, feedback. What is the purpose of R1 and R2? Looking at that circuit. Yeah, I, I think I know what this is. It is, it's biasing that transistor. And... It's not load resistance because the load is out there where the output is, like right there. Mm -hmm. These are on the other side. So it's not that. Uh, It's not feedback because it, um, R1 over there is going up to the positive voltage. Although that also runs around to the output, it's not being used for feedback. Uh, Self-bias. No, because that voltage is being obtained from the power supply up there to do the biasing on the base. So, it is two resistors, R1 and R2, and they're in series like that, and typical name for that type of circuit is a voltage divider. So I'm going to go with B, voltage divider bias. Okay. But it looks like uh, everybody in the chat room that answered is choosing B as well. True. They are. So uh, I feel good about that answer. Yeah, as voltage well as you should. Voltage divider bias. Good job. Here, we'll do that. We hadn't done that in a while. We hadn't. Just show the circuit with nothing but R1 and R2 in it. They did not give us values for those two, but I'm just saying, uh, let's just call them both 1K ohm. If we got 12 volts going in the top and ground at the bottom, if those resistors are the same, right in the middle is going to be 6 volts, and that was feeding the base of the transistor. So that's why you call it a voltage divider. Those two resistors divide the voltage. Uh, you could... Use different values. I mean, they don't have to both be the same thing, and you'd end up with different voltages. Mm-hmm. Right I actually there. did a segment about that. Oh, yeah, it seemed like you did. In figure E7-1, what is the purpose of R3? 
Is it A, fixed bias? B, emitter bias. C, output load resistor. Or D, self-bias. Hmm. Well, it's not E, voltage divider. I know that. I agree. Uh, go ahead and scratch that one off the list. Okay. Uh, A, fixed bias. <laughs> uh, R3. B. B. A motor bypass. Output load. Yeah, because the output is... Oh, yeah, it's at the top, isn't it? So that's what, I, I'm going to go with that. I don't know. I have no idea if it's right or not. Okay. Well, let's see. <clears throat> wow. It's not what it appeared. It's a D. Everybody was wrong. Nobody guessed that. Wow. Looks I'm in good company. God. Yeah. God, you guys killing me. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't cheat off of you. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> and we were talking about R3. Uh -huh. And it's right down there at the bottom. So, yeah, you might say that's, um, that's an emitter bypass. But that would be uh, incorrect, apparently. Uh, clearly. And the answer, of course, is self-bias. And I looked at this, and, you know, it was, I, I wouldn't have guessed that. So I did the research here, and this is just part of what I found. Current through R3 causes a voltage drop across it. That acts to oppose bias from the R1 and R2 voltage divider feeding the base of the transistor. This self-bias helps stabilize the collector current. So, yeah, you can see uh, that, okay. you know, if the emitter was tied straight to ground, then all the voltage right there coming from R1 and R2, that junction, would, would be biasing the transistor. But if that transistor wasn't directly connected to ground, it's got R3 in there, then it's it's at a little higher potential than ground, so you're not going to get the full, you know, the full voltage coming from R1 and R2. It since there's there's no this kind of work no on ground. the same principle like a pull up or pull down resistor mm. to stabilize it so it's not floating. Yeah, no, not not I exactly. Mean. It's like the think well, this is uh, incorrect, but. Let's just look at it this way. You got uh, positive voltage going in the collector of the transistor. And the emitter would normally be negative or it would be a ground. So if you put 12 volts there, you'd have 12 volts across that transistor. So any other voltage you're putting into there, you know, is going to be referenced across those two. Well... If you got that R3 sitting down there, that transistor will not have the full 12 volts across it because you got a resistor there and some currents flowing through it. Just like the voltage divider, R1 and R2, you know, um, the junction right there is not at 12 volts and it's not at zero, it's somewhere in between. So the voltage across that transistor is somewhere in between. It's, um, you know, the full potential there. And that reflects back on uh, what's coming in the base. Say that was six volts coming in the base. Well, okay, but it's hitting a transistor that's not sitting at zero volts on the emitter, so transistor doesn't see that full six volts. What type of amplifier circuit is shown in figure E7-1? A, common base. B, common collector. C, common emitter. Or D, emitter follower. Hmm. Hmm.
I'm going to say it's not a common base. And I'm going to say it's not a common collector. And so I'm thinking it's either a common emitter or an emitter follower. And out of those two, I'm just going to take a stab. And I'm going to say it's D, emitter follower. Is that a guess or you got a, a, something to base that on? That's a guesstimate. Okay. Hey, let's do some of my best work like that. Well, I know it's got something to do with the emitter, so I'm halfway there. What's the chat room saying over there? Uh, D. The ones that have had enough nerve to answer, put D. Okay. Oops. Well, there you go. I'm in good company. All right. (laughs) I can't believe you actually did it. Oh, for a buzzer. <laughs> See, I'm off my game tonight. I never, I never have a buzzer. <laughs> you never fist bump on one. No, that I might don't. Be the first time. I don't. Yeah. I tried pulling that on you last time too, and you caught it. That's how much it threw me <laughs> off missing it. A common emitter. It happens, man. These are some tough ones. Well, I don't see. Why you would call that a common emitter? Let's see. Do I have any explaining on that? I don't know. I'm not sure I can explain that. Everybody in the chat room got it wrong, too, that uh, answered. Yeah. Well, there you go. All right. Let me... Let me reach down and pull out an easy one for you this time. Thank you. Which of the following describes an emitter follower or common collector amplifier? Well, see, now we'll get some explaining. Is it A, a two-transistor amplifier with the emitters sharing a common bias resistor? (laughs) B, a differential amplifier with both inputs fed to the emitter of the input transistor. A, an OR circuit with only one emitter used for output. D, an amplifier with a low impedance output that follows the base input voltage. Okay, which phone describes an emitter follower? Or common collector amplifier. I I really have no idea, so this is going to be a guess. Should have been paying better attention to the last one. I'm not sure it would have helped. It's not helping me. <laughs> it's not okay. I, I'm gonna guess. I'm just gonna guess a common. An emitter follower. I, I just really don't have any idea. All right. Um, and apparently nobody, only one person had enough nerve to answer in the chat room. No, Mike answered. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, I see some others must have too then. Yeah. Uh, we're off to a rocky start tonight <laughs> here. Yeah, it's not looking good. I think I'm getting the call to work. No, I didn't hear anything. Whoa. Wow. I, I That's think, two already. I think some explaining is going to be... How many questions is this in? This is like the fourth question, and we've had three buzzers. Being that I don't have a good explanation for it, I'm going to reach way down deep and bring out a resource. Okay. And we're going to gonna see what it says. This is the ARRL Extra Class License Manual for Ham Radio. 
This well, that is a come in handy right now. This is a thick book. This is not just the question and answers, although they're in there. This has got a lot more stuff. Theory, examples, all kinds of stuff in here. So we're going to see what they say about it. We're back looking at this figure again. And we're talking about a common collector. Common emitter amplifiers are the type of amplifiers most often used. So we'll use that as our example of an amplifier circuit operation. You can recognize the common emitter circuit by the value of the resistance in the emitter circuit, R3. Being much smaller or even absent in the collector circuit or the emitter resistor is being bypassed with a capacitor like C3. Since I don't know the value of either one of those... Yeah, well, that's what I was just thinking when you said this. Yeah, but I think that last statement kind of clarified it there. Say it again. The emitter resistor is being bypassed with capacitor, and C3 is a bypass capacitor. Okay. In bipolar transistors, the emitter current is in phase with the base current. As input voltage increases, so does base emitter current, which causes collector emitter current to increase. As more collector current flows, the voltage drop across R4 increases, lowering the voltage at the circuit's output. Thus, the input and output signals are out of phase R1 and R2 form a voltage divider to create a bias voltage. This fixed DC voltage on the transistor base creates a stable operating point for the transistor. Yeah, their image is different than the one on the screen. Yeah, it's basically the same circuit except they've got some other stuff shown there. They're actually showing values. Determining the operating point is a compromise between amplifier circuit gain and transistor power dissipation. And they got a lot more to say about that. Yeah. I'm going to set this aside. Yeah, we, we may need that again. Yeah, we, we could need that again. Okay, next question. Wow. If I miss another one right, right off the bat, I'm going home. Why are switching amplifiers more efficient than linear amplifiers? A, switching amplifiers operate at higher voltages. B, the power transistor is at saturation or cutoff most of the time. C, linear amplifiers have high gain, resulting in higher harmonic content. Or D, switching amplifiers use push-pull circuits. Hmm. Why are switching amplifiers more efficient than linear amplifiers? All right, so let me start by talking about the wrong answers. D, switching amplifiers use push-pull circuits. No, I don't, I don't think they do. C, linear amplifiers have high gain resulting in higher harmonic content. No, and that's, I don't even think that's related to the question, but a linear amplifier is closer to what you're putting in is what you're getting out, so it's not going to have higher harmonic content for sure. Uh, a, switching amplifiers operate at higher voltages. There's higher voltages in there, but I don't think that is... Um, I think that's the answer. I think it is B. The power transistor is at saturation or cutoff most of the time. So the power transistor is either on or off. It's nowhere in between those two. It's one or the other. So there's no transition between it. It's just on or off. Mm -hmm. So it, it's switching. I'm going to... Um, yeah, I'm going to say it's B. It's B. Okay, got that one. Yep. That uh, fist bump I did earlier, that was, that was for this one. in oh, anticipation. Yeah. Just storing one up. This question was just familiar to me for some reason. I I would almost swore we 
covered that one last month, but apparently not because it's come up this month. Hmm. Okay, but... I don't remember that one from last month. That don't mean anything. No? Well, then that does mean something. That means we didn't cover it. Think I'd remember it? That's probably a good chance. That's like half of the questions we're going to cover tonight. So, I do feel like we need a little recovery time here. Yeah, I think I need to lay down for a minute. Pretty beat after all that. So, anyway, we're going to take a quick break. And let's come back, see if we can give away something. All right. I'll see if I can find something while we're on break. And then we'll finish the, the rest of the questions here. More coffee, Tom? No, thanks, dear. Try one of these Gino's pizza rolls, Brad. They're great. Okay. It's a nice party, Mrs. Clark. I see your husband didn't like your coffee. I beg your pardon? I'm Mrs. Johnson. You should try my coffee. Look, I don't know who you are or how you got into my house, but you take your coffee and leave, okay? Igor, go and get me what I crave. better orange soda made with more natural orange flavor than ever before try shasta it's got the bright color the sweet smell and the great taste of oranges shasta it's the orange soda that can make anybody happy keep your competitive contesting edge with icom ICOM's high-powered base stations cut through pileups, letting you work the bands and record those contacts. Contest from the comfort of your home or remotely with the RSBA1 app. Heard it, worked it, logged it. The IC7300 is a high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design that will far exceed your expectations. This innovative HF transceiver digitizes RF before various receiver stages, reducing inherent noise in different IF stages. The IC7300 changed the way entry-level HF is designed. RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope, and SD memory card slot. The real HF fun starts here. Create your own band opening with the IC9700. This transceiver brings direct sampling to the UHF-VHF weak signal world. This all-mode transceiver is loaded with innovative features that are sure to keep you busy. Faster processors, higher input gain, higher display resolution, and a cleaner signal. 4.3-inch color touchscreen TFT LCD, real-time high-speed spectrum scope, and waterfall display. Smooth satellite operation with 99 satellite channels, dual watch operation, and full duplex operation in satellite mode. ICOM's IC7610 is the SDR every ham wants. This high-performance SDR can pick out faint signals in the presence of stronger adjacent signals. The ICOM7610 is a direct sampling software-defined radio that has changed the world's definition of an SDR transceiver. RF Direct Sampling System 110 RMDR Independent Dual Receiver Dual Digicell ICOM's IC7851 gives you a new window into the RF world and is HF excellence unparalleled with faster processors, higher input gain, higher display resolution, and a cleaner signal. It's truly the pinnacle of HF perfection. Dual receivers, digital IF filters, memory keyer, digital voice recorder, high-resolution spectrum waterfall display, enhanced PC connectivity, and SD memory card slot. Learn more about all these great ICOM radios at icomamerica.com slash amateur. 
into the deepest jungles went Pressman toy makers looking for something new. The secret they brought back for you is incredible. The Pressman Witch Doctor Head Shrinkers Kit. Plastic flesh, mixing cauldron and petrifying potion. Just pour it into the mold and in minutes you can add monster hair. Paint it with a coloring kit included or make up your own decorations. In 24 hours, the heads shrink, shrink down. Now, shrunken heads for all occasions. Collect them, swap them, give them to your witch doctor friends. You can always cook up more with Pressman's Witch Doctor Head Shrinkers Kit. Why do you say we give away something? I found something. Oh. Let's go with this good-looking shirt. Nice ICOM ham crew t-shirt. What do we say? Look just as good when you leave in the ham fest as you did when you got there. Okay. Well, if you'd like to win one of those, we got a way you can do that. You send an email to hamcollege at amateurlogic.tv. You don't have to say much in it. All you need is a name and an email address. You don't even need a license to wear a shirt like this, do you? No, no, you don't. You don't have to have one. Um, And if you don't have one, then this is a good place to come. Yeah, you're in the right place. To learn about getting one. You probably wouldn't start out with your extra as your first test, though. (laughs) You You may want to go back and watch the technician stuff first if you don't have a license at all. Although there are people who've just sat down and did bam, bam, bam. All three tests in one sitting. Now, no one here, mm-hmm. certainly, but uh, that has happened before. Every month we throw these out. You know, we don't we don't hang on to the entries. So after the show tonight, just drop us an email, hamcollege at amateurlogic.tv, and you can say hello or whatever you want to, or you don't have to say anything. That's your option. Except your name. We do need a name so we can say so-and-so one. Yep. Yep. Or, but you can, you know, give us a little encouragement or a nice note in there if you want to. Let's just see who was our lucky winner this time around. I did a random drawing before the show tonight. And this is who won it right here. Uh, the message comes in of the subject contest. And the body of the message, Mark Marlowe. Congratulations, Mark. And that's all he had to say. That's all he needed to say. That is. So congratulations, Mark. ICOM will be getting in touch with you. You know, I just happen to have another email. I'll write here on the back. He sent you a two-sided email? No. This one... Is not a winner of this particular contest. He's a winner. I'm on, definitely. Yeah. He is a winner. Oh yeah. I don't know anyone who has accomplished everything he's accomplished here. And he just sent me an email. Oh, back in the uh, middle of September. Uh huh. And I was just just going to share it with you here because it's not everybody. That can claim this. He's actually in the chat room. Oh, he is, isn't he? Hello, Prof and crew. I'm I'm Prof. Prof? Yeah. Congratulations on the 17th anniversary. And you know that 17th anniversary of Amateur Logic just occurred, and that was our last episode. So he Mm -hmm. wrote this right after uh, the middle of last month when we had that show. I have only four-plus years, but between the Cosmic Lord and both shows and Ham Nation, I now have my extra, and I still never made a CQ contact. We need to fix that. But first of all, congratulations. Yeah, that's from Bill KC9. T-P-R. Yeah, yeah, congrats, Bill. He's definitely in the chat room, or he was. Yep. So, that is quite an accomplishment, and never on the air yet. So, um, somebody, sooner or later, is going to talk to Bill, and it's it's going to be a special 
you, so. Yeah, I'll set one up with him and talk if he wants. But uh, yeah. get out there and do it, Bill. Yep. Wow. Congratulations. Awesome. Yeah, congrats. It's yeah. awesome. You know, we should have had him here tonight explaining and answering some of these questions for us. <laughs> because yeah, he's done a lot, lot uh, more recent than we have. Yeah. What is one way to prevent thermal runaway in a bipolar transistor amplifier? A, neutralization. B, select transistors with high beta. C, use a resistor in series with the emitter. Or D, all these choices are correct. I'm going to go with C. Because we just kind of touched base on that with that diagram was up there. About it uh, stabilizing, well, stabilizing voltage, which I guess would directly turn into heat. I'm still going with C. I think that's the answer. Going with C. Um, Is everybody else doing Oh, it's all over the place. Oh, yeah. I feel another buzzer coming on. Everybody who really answered it, well, no, I can't say. They they were all over the place. But we had a lot of not answers. Let's find out. It's probably D. I don't think it's D. Oh. Here's a resistor in series with the emitter. This is a banner. This is a banner moment for me this evening. This is, I think this may be the first one I've gotten right yet. I haven't been keeping score, but uh, it could be. Well, congratulations. It's about time. I've been holding back. Yeah. But, you know, this this question could be on your exam or it might not be on there, and the previous ones might not be on there. So you don't know how you, what you're going to draw. Yeah, for, I think Arnie put it example. in the chat room earlier. There's like 600 and something, 633 or something like that, total questions in the pool, and you're going to get a random 50 of them. Yeah. So. And you got to have a 70%, I believe, to pass. Yeah. These are tough. What is the effect of intermodulation products in a linear power amplifier? A, transmission of spurious signals. B, creation of parasitic oscillations. C, low efficiency. Or D, all these choices are correct. What is the effect of intermodulation products in a linear power amplifier? Um, intermodulation. Well, let's let's go through some of these. First, I, I'm sure it's not D. All those things are uh, well, not correct. There's a lot correct. of people in the chat room saying it's a D. Oh. Well, they probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Although you can't go by them tonight. They normally get them pretty much right, and they've missed all the same ones yeah. we did. So, B, creation of parasitic oscillations. You might think, well, it's got intermodulation products, but that's not oscillations. That's just um, where um, frequencies have mixed, or it's a type of distortion. So it didn't create oscillations to be intermodulation. It's just sort of spurs off of you know whatever signal that you're trying to to pass through it. So it's not B, creation of parasitic oscillations. So that leaves either A or C in my mind. Low efficiency, well, I would think maybe, you know, if you've got a lot of intermodulation products in there, you're not putting as much of your signal where you intend because you're you're spreading it out, well, what's what's the other answer? A transmission of spurious signals. That 
is that is it. Because we know intermodulation is going to have some spurious signals out there. I think I said that a moment ago. That would have been my guess. I yeah. Think. It's not just the, the frequency that you're trying to pass or the signal you're trying to pass. It's all these others that kind of um, harmonically or, or non-harmonically related spurs that that come out that amplifier. So, yeah. Hey, transmission of spurious signals. So what did we think? Uh, well, a lot of people said A. Some said D. Yeah, if you scroll up, there's a lot of Ds. Yep. Well, let's see. I mean, it, it. this is a very tricky one right here. You would think in a modulation, well, that's that's junk you don't want in your signal. Yeah, it's spurious. I could see how people, how you would think it could be D. Yeah, and I could say, you know, you could think it's parasitic oscillations, but that's not actually what it is. It's other stuff you don't want, but it's not oscillating. And low efficiency, you would think that too, but uh, yeah. Let's see. Transmission of spurious signals. Mm-hmm. So I knew the answer. We're on a roll. We got two in a row. <laughs> True. <laughs> I don't think there's many left to go here, so let's go for a perfect score. Why are odd order rather than even order in a modulation distortion products of concern in linear power amplifiers? A, because they're relatively close in frequency to the desired signal. B, because they're relatively far in frequency from the desired signal. C, because they invert the sidebands, causing distortion. Or D, because they maintain the sidebands, thus causing multiple duplicate signals. All right, you got this one. Do I? Yeah. Why are odd order rather than even order intermodulation distorted products of concern in linear power amplifiers? Totally close in frequency. I don't really know. I'm going to go with A. I'm pretty sure that's going to be wrong. Okay. Oh, yeah. If if you missed it, you won't be alone, just like m most of the questions Yeah, tonight. but this will be the most I've missed ever. No. On one show it is. Okay. Well, let's see. I told you you got this, right? You told me. Oh, wow. Look at that. Here, you you deserve another. I sweated that one out, too, man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, nobody else picked that in there, either. Why are odd order oh, rather I do. I see one than even order intermodulation distortion products of concern in linear power amplifiers? Yeah, A, because they're relatively close in frequency to the desired signal. What is a characteristic of a grounded grid... Amplifier. A, high power gain. B, high filament voltage. C, low input impedance. Or D, low bandwidth. Hmm. What is a characteristic of a grounded grid amplifier? Well, let's talk about that a moment before I just... Jump right in and give an answer here. You know, grounded grid amplifiers, the grid of the tube is connected to ground, as would kind of seem obvious there. But one one characteristic of it that is not listed here is they don't take as many parts to build. Okay. They don't require as many components. So it is very, they're very popular in ham radio applications uh, on tube type linear amplifiers. And there are a good many FM broadcast transmitters that have grounded grid as, as well. That's the way they're connected. Now,
I don't have any, and in my career, I've only ever had one transmitter that was like that. Usually, it's the less expensive ones because they don't take as many parts. But it's a pretty common circuit. Um, so I do know a couple of things about it. Let's see. First, it's, that tube could be used for a grounded grid or, you know, any other type of amplifiers, it's the same tube. So, A, high power gain. Well, you're looking for gain out of an amplifier. I'm not sure about that answer, but let's look at the others. B, high filament voltage. No. Whatever the rated filament voltage is on that amplifier, that's the filament voltage, no matter how you connect that amplifier up. So... It's definitely not that. D, low bandwidth. No, the tube still has whatever the bandwidth it started out was, but the components that you put around it, you know, that's part of the amplifier too, and that's going to affect your bandwidth. And I don't think low bandwidth would necessarily be a desirable feature. Um, so C, low input impedance. And that's going to be my answer. I'm saying it's, Ryan Grid Amplifier has low input impedance. What are they saying? Oh, they well, I, w- I wouldn't have thought A or D would have been it, so I would have probably guessed between B and C. Okay. But, but it was probably would have been a coin toss from there. Okay. Well, let's see. <laughs> I see you got it right. Yeah, I did. And that that is a real popular amplifier circuit. As a matter of fact, uh, I'm not sure about all, but a lot of the Ameritron amplifiers are grounded grid. Uh, probably a lot of other brands of amplifiers are as well. It's just a... A very common circuit, low cost, and there are some advantages to a grounded grid. Um, Some, like I say, FM broadcast transmitters use it. I'm not sure about AM transmitters. I I don't recall seeing one that had a grounded grid. But all amplifiers are not grounded grid, and... You know, the majority of the uh, FM broadcast amplifiers or transmitters are not grounded grid. But but some are. Particular, uh, particular line of them are. So let's look at a grounded grid. And there's an example circuit right there. The grid, instead of having a signal fed into it that we want to amplify, it's tied to ground which makes no sense when you first think about it. How could that amplify anything? It's tied to ground there. All right, so let's look at the circuit a little bit further. If we follow the filament there at the bottom of the tube, that's going on down to the filament voltage which is going to be the same no matter how you connect that tube. But that filament is not just a filament element. It's also the cathode of the tube, unless the tube happens to have a separate cathode connection. It goes on down, straight down. There's two chokes there. Whatever signal it is that you want to amplify, you don't want it running back down into the filament voltage. So that's why you got those two chokes. And below that, you got two bypass capacitors over the ground. On the left-hand side, you see there's a capacitor coupling the input into the filament circuit. That's how the signal gets into that tube. So rather than using the grid to sort of control gating on and off of the electron flow in there. We're just putting in the input signal right there on the cathode or the filaments. And you notice it's 
there's not much there coming from the input there in this circuit. There's just a capacitor going right onto the filaments. On uh, other amplifier designs, you're going to have a tuned circuit there, mainly to match the impedance. The previous stage of your input might be coming from another tube circuit, uh, might be coming from some solid-state circuits. Who knows? But a tube circuit generally got a fairly low output impedance. So if it's coming from a tube circuit, then we're going to have to match that low output impedance of the previous stage to match the high input impedance of a tube because tubes have very high input impedance. But when you connect it as a grounded grid, it doesn't. It's a low input impedance, so you can get away without using as many components to do the impedance matching there at the input of the tube where you're putting the signal in. If you look on the output there, you know, with the plate at the top goes on out, that is uh, the tank circuit there. It's actually, it, that's actually tuned. There's inductance and variable capacitance, and uh, it's a transformer. So that's a resonant circuit for the frequency that we're operating on, and that is a tuned element and goes on to the output, and plate voltage goes in the bottom there. That's basically how a grounded grid amplifier works. The input signal is injected at the bottom of it instead of on the grid. Another thing about it is it doesn't have to be neutralized. Generally, it requires very little neutralization, which in other amplifier designs, you do have neutralization. You know, you got to keep that tube from oscillating. Mm -hmm. So... um, because you got a high input impedance, some of the output signal, the tube will, tr- will tend to self-oscillate. So you have to re-inject some of the output signal out of phase back into the input to oh, kind yeah, of squelch that. that not too long ago. Yep. But the grounded grid doesn't suffer from that because there's low input impedance, and it's not as likely to bust into oscillation like that. So there's my explanation of a grounded grid amplifier. It's not complete, but um, that's what I, I drew up in my mind there. And I'm sticking with it. There's a couple of good reasons that you'd use that. Low parts count, low impedance, no need for neutralization or very little needs. What if you're going to go to the next ball game and you need some school swag? Well, Where might you find it? Well... We've got I've got you hooked up right here. You can go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash amateur logic and get amateur logic and ham college swag there. We've got shirts, cups, backpacks, pretty much everything but ham college underwear in there. And we might could put some of that if anybody really wanted it. Yeah. Um but anyway, there's there's a lot of cool stuff in there, so go check it out. Can can we add a dunce cap? Mike wants to know. <laughs> oh, that would be pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We better not do that because we would be sitting here most of the time with them on. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Every Tuesday night we've got something going on you might want to check out. Uh, it's not on HF. That's actually the only place it's not. Yeah. But it's just about everywhere. VHF and, well, and UHF and IP, just about everywhere you could imagine. That's the Amateur Logic Soundcheck Net. Every Tuesday night at 8 Central Time, this time of year, it's 0100 UTC. Until next weekend. Oh, is that when it changes? I think it's next weekend. Yeah, then it'll be 0200 UTC. We're on Echo Link, All Star, DMR, D Star. You can, well, I'm not going to read them all. There are a lot of them there. Um, anyway, and, uh, it's a lot of fun. If you haven't checked it out yet, you ought to try it. You, I'm pretty sure you're going to have a good time. It's it's kind of unlike uh, most of the other nets that I've heard. Most all the digital modes are supported there, as well as Echo Link and All Star, too. Uh, there could be repeaters in your area that you can connect with. Uh, we've got K8JTK and N8PC up in Ohio. Yeah, I have machines up there and uh, out in Colorado. Fun machines. Yep, the fun machines, which is a a network of linked repeaters, and they're linked on this as well. Yeah, I think we're 
the nets over a good bit of Colorado. Yeah. And and it's worldwide. It's not just people yeah. right in our area. Yeah, we got people from uh, the UK checking in, Nigel and some others, and mm-hmm. Terry. Uh, got people from Australia. People from Canada and Louisiana. Canada, yeah, those countries too. Yep. So it's <laughs> you know it, it's just a fun time. Join us on, uh, on well this Tuesday night at one of those places we just every, mentioned every Tuesday night. Every so. Tuesday night. Now this is always posted in advance on our social media platforms. Which tell tell me one that we can mention right there. That, uh, how about Facebook? Uh, Facebook. Face, yep. You need a face for that? Face? No, you really don't. All you need is a computer. <laughs> uh, Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Ham College. Or you can follow us at Ham College on Twitter or at Amateur Logic. Uh, we're on MeWe.com slash join slash Ham College. And groups.io slash G slash Amateur Logic, which uh, we really don't ever post anything on there unless it's uh, something to do. Uh, with with something topical. In other words, we got a show coming up this weekend. An, an announcement. An announcement. And some, yeah. sometimes a few people will post a few things on there, but it's uh, if you're not really into the Facebook type thing and just want to get the announcements when things happen, that's your, probably your way to go. Yeah. And one other thing, you mentioned this earlier, and I didn't realize that you could find out what questions were on this particular episode. Yep, go to the wiki, amateurlogic.tv forward slash wiki. And there you get the show notes. Updated by yours truly. Mm -hmm. So with that, I think that's all we got for tonight. That was plenty. That was plenty. I've got to go uh, buy some more batteries for the buzzer. (laughs) Yep. So anyway, thanks for joining us and join us back here. Again, at the, uh, well, it'll be the Thanksgiving episode because this was a Halloween episode. Wow. Yep. This year has just flown by. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, and the middle of the month, we've got another Amateur Logic coming up. I don't know. We haven't set the exact date on that yet. I believe it's the 12th, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, The 12th, let me see. That, uh, for, um. 11th? Probably. It's either the 11th or the 18th. We'll have to see. We'll we'll know soon. But any of those social media places we just mentioned, you can find out what the plans are right there. And thanks, everyone, in the chat room for being here tonight. We'd like to see what you guys got to say over there. And it's probably not a good night to cheat off of them. But no. not a good night cheat off of us either. No. So, but. There you go. Yeah, just do your study and you'll be fine. Yeah. All right, 73, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, 73. Determining the operator, excuse me, determining the operator, one more time, determining the operating rater. (laughs) There you go, Arnie.